welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C. Today, I'm going to be talking with Randy Bryce, otherwise known as Iron Stash. Now, uh, Randy is an American iron worker. He's an activist and former political candidate. He was the Democratic Party nominee for Wisconsin's first congressional district in the 2018 midterm elections. He did, uh, initially he ran after, or ran after, (laughs) initially he was running against Paul Ryan, and then Paul Ryan, we know, ditched that seat, partly because of Randy. So, um, unfortunately, he didn't win that election, but he's still around, and he's still working really hard for the people, and I am. I feel very fortunate to have him on the show, and as I will say in, in our first comments when we start talking, um, he had reached out to me, and uh, we'll get into that why later, but genuinely nice man, and he is a progressive. He was somebody who ran on like the Bernie platform, and I know that Bernie Sanders endorsed him. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about you know, uh, that and progressive issues and um, how you know we all need to unite and come together. So it was a really fun and productive conversation. I enjoyed it immensely. So I think you're going to too. I know that Steph and I are going to do a patrons only show tomorrow. I'll talk about that in a minute when I get into the uh, tiers of what of what you can get on my Patreon page. But Steph and I are going to do a patrons only show. I do have a story that I touched on with with Randy. But it's about a friend of mine that I, I knew a very long time ago. And, of course, we only stayed friends on Facebook. You know what I mean, how that goes. You're friends, like, in 1990, and then you find each other on Facebook, and then you're only friends through Facebook, and you don't really have any contact other than Facebook. That was my deal with her. But my experience with her was upsetting, and I unfriended her. And it's, you know, it's just because she thinks we need to, you know, reopen too quickly. So... I'm going to get into that. We're going to, you know, it's going to be the the patrons only shows are a little bit more personal. So we're going to be a little bit more personal tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to it. As I always say, when I talk with Steph, it's like, you know, eating my comfort food. She's my comfort host. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's going to be my little beginning. I'm going to keep this short because Start Me Up is an independent podcast and it's not supported by any corporation. It's no corporate funding and it's woman run. So if you like the podcast today, please consider becoming a monthly subscriber and you can do that at patreon.com slash start me up. And when you go there, you'll see all the different tiers. Um, You could join for like two bucks or three bucks a month and that way you get to support the show. Now, I do these shows, the patrons only shows uh, for just my patrons, obviously, and I try to get a little more personal, and I think the direction that we're going now is one show a month is just going to be me, and, uh, you know, solo me, doing my thing, and always with a personal slant, and then it's going to be with a guest the other time. I do those two times per month. Now, eventually they're going to be for patrons only for $5 a month. Right now, if you sign up for a dollar or more, you get that show. So, but you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to build that tier. So the more people that come on that tier, eventually I will just make it for $5 patrons only. And the thing is, is I don't really like putting any, anything behind a paywall, but I want to give my patrons something special and something a little different. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, and sometimes the patrons only shows, of course, you know, I don't post them to social media. So I don't necessarily get very many um, downloads or views or whatever you want to call them because it's only going out to the people who are subscribing to the show. You know, I want to have a good number. So I'm not exactly sure 
when I'm going to uh, put that $5 thing into place. But once it goes in, it goes in. And that's going to be that. But if you do sign up for that $5 tier now, you can count on the fact that it's always going to be you get at least two podcasts per month. And um, that's a guarantee. Also, if you'd like to make a one-time donation, in the text of the Patreon description, I include my email address. You can send a, you know, do the PayPal thing. Doesn't matter how much, a dollar, fifty dollars, ten dollars. Same thing. Like if you say if you join up on the on the tiers on the Patreon page, if you sign up for two dollars a month, you get every show delivered to your email box, so you don't miss it. So you can decide to upgrade later if you want. It, you know, but that's a good way to start. And last, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. I'm always going to ask you to please become a subscriber on Apple Podcasts. It's free. And please give me rating and review. It helps me in the whole Apple Podcast algorithm thing. And I'm doing pretty pretty well considering. So thank you always for everybody who, who goes there and um, leaves comments and leaves reviews and signs up and all that good stuff. I just want to take this opportunity like I do to always say thank you so much for supporting the show. I love doing the show so much. I love that I got to talk to Randy Bryce today. I'm just so excited about it. I love doing this. So so you help me do it. You help me produce the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's it for now. Please enjoy my conversation with Randy Bryce. Welcome, Randy. Thank you, Kimberly. Great to talk with you. Well, I'm really glad to have you on the show. In fact, I, I kind of just want to point out to people what a good man you are, because I think a couple of weeks ago, um, you noticed, uh, or I had posted something and, um, you know, you, I, I was freaking out because it was on a Saturday and I had gone grocery shopping and I'm always agitated on those days, always feeling kind of like defensive and frustrated and scared. And so, um, you know, you had reached out to me and you offered to be a shoulder if I needed to talk to somebody. And I just, you know, I mean, I let you know that I was freaking out and my mom is, you know, in her 70s and she's alone and all that. And you talked about your mom. And I just wanted to say thank you that that was very sweet and it really touched me. Well, of course, of course. And that, I mean, I'm noticing that from a lot of people these days, just reaching out. I'm going through my whole phone list. Just, hi, I haven't talked to you. Just wondering how you're doing. Yeah. And I know when I hear from somebody that I haven't heard from for a long time, that it, it means a lot. It's just, yeah. it, it's so simple to do and it means so much. So why not? Why not? Yes, absolutely. I mean, and like I said, I mean, you and I have definitely had interactions on Twitter and we, you know, we know each other through Twitter. We've been in some DM rooms and stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, we've never met or anything like that. So, I mean, it, it, it means a lot. I mean, that's one thing that's kind of beautiful about what's happening, even though, um, the underlying or the overlying, I guess, you know, the pandemic hanging over our heads is so frightening and Trump and all of that. But the one thing that I've really been touched by is like people on the Internet are reaching out to each other. In fact, um, several weeks ago, too, I was complaining about I was just so like where's the fucking toilet paper and uh, <laughs> and, and it was you know, I mean, I had some toilet paper, not a lot, but I had some. And then um, Kirk Acevedo and Kirsten Warren, uh, they're married said, hey, you know, we'll come over and give you some toilet paper. And I laughed because they live in Los Angeles and I'm in D.C. <laughs> so I said, we well, have a really long drive. But it was just like, again, so touched that people yeah. are just being kind to each other. I, you know, not everywhere, but um, definitely there's this feeling of community and feeling of like, let's help each other. And so it's really fantastic. So, again, thank okay. you. And thank you for being on the show. Um, definitely want to dig in to uh, what's going on with you. So. 
Okay, okay. you ran in 2018 in Wisconsin, uh, mm. Wisconsin correct? Correct. Yes. Um, and now you have, I looked on your website, and you've got Iron Pack. So right. would you tell people what that is? Well, we're, and we're getting ready to relaunch as well, too. Um, but Iron Pack was just something, I mean, when I ran, I remember election night and looking out in the crowd and seeing a lot of tears. Mm-hmm. Um, because we didn't have enough votes to, yeah. to take over the congressional seat. We were able to chase Paul Ryan away. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, it, it was a gerrymandered district. It was yeah. drawn up for him. And yeah. we, we knew that we had a fantastic chance at, at chasing him out. Um, but so that's, you know, he got out, he dropped out and then pulled in somebody that used to work for him that nobody knew about that had no negatives. Um, but so, uh, I remember that night on election night looking and seeing staffers and, and just some of the amazing volunteers that we had. We had people driving from Illinois. Um, one guy came from Australia just to knock doors for us here. Wow. It, just, it totally That's floored amazing. me. But it, yeah. So it meant a lot. And, and these people, they meant they were my family. It meant a lot yeah. to me. And I kept telling them, I was like, this is going to be, it's a, it's a tough district. Um, and I mean, it's, it was basically the campaign was a, a, Iron worker, somebody walking off a construction site and taking on the third most powerful Republican <laughs> in the country. Um, so the people that believed in me really meant everything to me. It was like, yeah. you know what? This is kind of a, a crazy idea, but it's something we can do. And it it had just been that my political involvement has been a result of Scott Walker and these extreme hmm. anti-worker Republicans yeah. coming into Wisconsin and just shredding it. So it, it's it's more it was more about a movement. And I told them. You know, dry, dry those eyes. We're not done. It, it never was about just one election. Right. It's about furthering the movement. And are we better off than when we started this campaign? And and obviously with Paul Ryan not being a part of the equation, yes, we mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, and another thing that I do when, whenever I support a candidate and they don't win an election, I was like, what do they do? Do they just drop off the face of the earth and you never hear from them again? Mm-hmm. Or are they committed to these ideals and these things that they said they want to change? Are, are they still swinging or do they are they, you know, resting on a couch someplace? Yeah. <laughs> and I've never been one to sit back because I, you know, again, I was so irate and just couldn't believe what was happening in the state of Wisconsin. So it's it's there's a lot of wrongs to right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we we took everything that we had, like our email lists um, and all our supporters and it was like, let's support other fantastic candidates. Let's get some help to people that are taking on, you know, these these big um, monster candidates. Yeah. Whether you know, it's like a, um, Devin Nunez or a, yeah. um, a King, like in Iowa with JD mm-hmm. Shelton taking on. It was like because they have so much. There, it's such an uphill battle, and being able to experience that myself, it's like they need all the help they can get. Yeah. And so whether it's exposure, whether it's um, advice or connections that I made, that's why we, we started up Iron Pack. And wow. um, we've been able to get, you know, collect contributions for a lot of fantastic candidates. Uh, I think Amy McGrath was our first one. Oh, wow. Um, but a lot of, you know, progressive working class candidates that are, are really going to make a change for the better for yeah. us. So that's that's pretty much what Iron Pack is about. And um, as I said, we're going to be rebranding it and relaunching um, in the near future. The pandemic kind of put it on hold. Yeah. 
um, but expanding to help specifically like union members running for statewide office, mm-hmm. whether it's it's a state representative, state senate, in addition to being able to help congressional or or U.S. Senate candidates. So it's 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 continuing the movement right. and being able to help more candidates than like if I would just run for a seat myself this cycle. Now, do you ever see yourself running again? Um, you, you know, I've ran a few times and I never, I never pictured doing that. I mean, I never <laughs> imagined the campaign that we had blowing up and going, being as viral as it was going mm-hmm. on against Paul Ryan. Yeah. Um, if there's a need to run, I will. Otherwise I'm, you know, I'm content helping other fantastic candidates run yeah. and, and being able to make a difference. It's not on my bucket list. Winning an elected office isn't on my bucket list. <laughs> um, changing the world for the better is. Wow, that's cool. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I know that you supported Bernie. He has sus- mm-hmm. he suspended his campaign. So now that Joe Biden is the presumptive nominee, do you who would you prefer to see as his VP and why? That's a tough question, and, and I've been I've been asked that. Um, I bet you quite, have <laughs> quite a bit, and I don't. I mean, I you know I'd love to see it be a woman of color. Yeah. Um, I definitely would love to see it be a progressive. Yeah. Some with progressive ideals, and just who would be the perfect one is so. It's so difficult, and I keep, I keep going back and forth. I mean, I think. <laughs> You know, Senator Warren would would bring something. Just mm-hmm. having a lot of ideas and and her past as a progressive, um, but I think somebody like like a Stacey Abrams has the ability to get people fired up and and mm-hmm. especially the African American women base, which yeah. which we desperately are going to need. Right. So there, there's a lot of pluses that that so many bring forward. Uh, I, but then again, I mean. Seeing somebody like Representative Barbara Lee, I, oh, I just yeah, absolutely definitely. love her she's and awesome. her positions. Yeah. Um, whether she's on a short list or not, I don't know. But right. just, a, I mean, a personal favorite. Um, I'd love to see somebody like her that I think covers everything. You know, progressive, um, a woman of color as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Well, I absolutely feel like, I mean, I'm at the point where I, I'm pretty confident in who it's going to be. Like, for instance, when Hillary Clinton picked Tim Kaine, even though I think, you know, he was a kind of interesting guy. I thought I was impressed with him when I read about him. Um, but, you know, just the optics, just the overall feel, he wasn't exciting to people. Right. And so, um, right. you know, I mean, and, and I don't want to put him down because, again, like I was kind of impressed with who he was. And, and one of the things, and I've said this on my podcast before, but, you know, personally, he is um, somebody who doesn't believe in abortion, but he will vote pr- choice and Mm -hmm. even though i you know i kind of like prefer pro-choice um well he is pro-choice actually but i mean it's like you know i I can't tell him how to feel about abortion Mm -hmm. and i i I basically respect the fact that he has a different opinion than mine but the fact that he doesn't believe it's his right to take that right away from women really impresses me you know anybody Mm -hmm. because it's like for for me it's a huge big deal i mean i'm never going to have children at this point but you know throughout my young single life that was always there for me if I needed it and I it's nobody wants to do it nobody wants to go through that procedure but you're like oh my god I'm so freaking glad that it's there if I if I don't want to have a 
baby. So, um, you know, I appreciated that from him. But it's like, I think at this point, whoever Biden chooses is going to be the one to get people excited. In fact, um, last week he said that he was going to announce his panel on May 1st. And I just thought I I read this on the show last week, but I'm going to read it again because he I think this is very telling. He said the first most important quality is someone who, if I walk away immediately from the office for whatever reason, they Mm. can be president. He added that he wants the public to be able to see his pick as capable of being president of the United States tomorrow. And I have always wondered if he's going to make it through the first term. And I don't mean to say that I think he's going to die. It's just that I think that it's such, it's going to be, um, such an incredibly stressful situation more so than any other you know administration in history and he is 80 years old um i don't know that he's going to be able to make it so he whoever he chooses um he needs to pick someone who can step in that position and it, it's clear that he realizes that and it makes me wonder you know what what the plans are you know what i mean are, are they planning on this or is this something that well we don't know so we just need to know that whoever is going to be the vp you know, might have to step in. And so I think that whoever they choose is going to be someone strong. And obviously they're doing all kinds of like, you know, testing and polling and they're looking at all of that information. So it's like where we can sit here and say, oh, well, I like this person. They're looking at like a million other things. So I kind of, I'm hopeful, I should say. I hope that I'm not disappointed, but it's like I'm hopeful that whoever he does choose um, is going to make people excited. So we'll, right. we'll see. That, yeah, I think I, that's something we need that we need, yeah. that, especially now with everybody sitting at home. And, yeah. you know, you just you were just we were just subjected to the Trump press rally yeah. up until he was afraid of answering some tough questions <laughs> recently. Um, but, yeah, it's dying for that excitement. Really? Yeah. Am. Yeah. We need that. So let me ask you a question. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll kind of weigh in on mine too but i mean i just want to know what does a progressive what does a progressive mean being a progressive mean to you um it means putting people ahead of you know the the corporations Mm -hmm. the ones that have have been benefiting it's taking care of of the workers and making sure that um that we're able to pass along something better to our children Mm -hmm. because i mean for me i'm i'm not doing i haven't been doing as well as my parents were it's like a generation that you know you want better for your kids right and for policies that are going to help um help people achieve the american dream because i i think it's it's too rough right now and and being able to treat people as equals no matter you know what color shape yeah um or your beliefs everybody should have the same opportunity and it shouldn't be based on like winning the gene lottery. If right, you're born right. into a, a fantastically wealthy family, you should have to work just as hard as everybody else. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have things handed to you. Yeah. Um, that puts you. I mean, when we're talking about women, you know, mothers being able to to buy their way into into college for kids, and it's bumping people, and then seeing the the um, students that are they don't even take college seriously. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I want to go and party and. I mean, there's some kid that's struggling who, who might have be able to to find a cure for cancer, right? Um, and I think that's where we need to to afford all these opportunities to everybody. It's um, you know because I just 
I see us going in the wrong direction. And especially yeah. with, with somebody like Donald Trump in the White House, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's very cult-like, and it's, it's a very scary, precarious place that we're in right now. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's just... <sighs> I, I have these like feelings where like I want to cry one minute and then I like, hold it together the next and it's just it's like I mentioned I go grocery shopping and on those days um, I just kind of freak out you know I mean I have to kind of like yeah. do these meditation <laughs> exercises I, to bring myself I, I went I just went um, Saturday grocery shopping and I mean it, you can tell the people that are taking this seriously or yeah. not. I felt like I felt right. like I was playing I was in a, a real life Pac-Man simulation. Yeah, oh walking, my God. going yeah. down an aisle looking down and okay that person doesn't have a mask. Boom, I'm going to the next aisle. And yeah. then, like getting halfway down and then somebody comes from the other aisle that doesn't or right. bringing your kids to the store too. Yeah. With, with this going on. I just I just don't get it and um you know it it like angers me mm-hmm. and and makes me so sad at the same time. Yeah, so you saying that just triggered me to remember that there was a woman at the grocery store with a, like a little girl in her cart and the little girl is just rubbing her nose. She's mm. sitting in the cart and it's like, "Oh my god, I treat everything like when I am finished my shopping, I consider myself and everything that I bring into the house contaminated. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I go through this whole procedure. It takes forever. And I take a shower afterwards. I mean, I don't touch my face. I I take every possible precaution. And so it's like when I see people with their children in the cart and not wearing a mask, oh, it's just maddening. It's just maddening. So let me ask you this, because there was an article that I just saw. I think it was from MSNBC talking about in 1918, San Francisco opened up too early and, you know, got hit with the resurgence. And so obviously now we have um, people who are suggesting that we need to open up. Where where are you standing on that? What do you think should you know, happen? Like, what, it, what do you think it, should I happen? I think it's, it's crazy. Um, and we just had a huge rally, like 1,500 people show up in Madison on Friday. Yeah. And, you know, the treasurer for the, the state party was on... Um, a Facebook group that was promoting this. He was like, you know, leave your leave your Confederate flags, leave your long guns at home. We don't want to look like racists. Wow. And but then at the same time saying that he has nothing, you know, that the that the Republican Party of Wisconsin has nothing to do with this rally. I was like, look, buddy, you're <laughs> officially the treasurer, and you're suggesting how to act at this yeah. rally and and encouraging people to show up. Um, now we just had, and it was the resurgence. We had the biggest spike on that day wow. of people oh that God. were found to be infected <sighs> with coronavirus. And now, doing the timeline, going back a couple of weeks, look what happened in Wisconsin that we were forced to do. We yes. were forced to go out and vote yeah. um, as a result of this. And so that big spike that that was that's proof. Yes, as a result of making everybody go out and interact with each other. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So now. We have this big rally, 1,500 people gathering together from all across the state, driving to Madison, Wisconsin. Unbelievable. And interacting. And then afterwards, now they all went back to, to their homes. Right. All across the state. So yeah. let's wait a couple more weeks and, and see where the numbers go. But that's terrifying, too. And then, so that's another thing. When I'm at the grocery store, I'm wondering who here was at that rally? Yeah. Who was at that rally? Because you don't know. There's mm-hmm. no, you don't have like a, a stamp or, right. or you don't wear something that says I was at this rally. They didn't give out t-shirts. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of a scary place to be. Yeah, it really is. And unfortunately I, 
Um, this girl that I knew when I was 21, you, I don't know, the last time we spoke was probably in the early 2000s, and yesterday she posted something on Facebook. I mean, we've only communicated through Facebook for many, many years, and our, our closest part of our friendship was when we were in our early 20s. But anyway, she posted about how um, we should stop panicking and we should be able to go out, and I was, I, I did answer her a couple of, you know, I, I put a couple of articles and, and saying, listen to doctors and experts. That's who sh we should be listening to. And she, because on her page, she had, um, it was, she posted a Hill article that said, don't panic. And then she had posted a Life Site News article, which is right wing evangelical bullshit. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of the same thing. And I, I said, do you realize, and she's Jewish. And I said, do you realize <laughs> that this is a right wing evangelical site? And she's, she's like, well, I just like to hear a lot of opinions. And I said, well, you should be hearing opinions of medical professionals and experts mm -hmm. who are on the front lines and who understand this better than anyone else. And then she got upset and told me that I was being um, close-minded. And I was like, I can't even know you anymore. I can't even know <laughs> you. And so it's like so upsetting because wow. she, I don't know, I don't think she's a Trump supporter. I'm not sure. Um, I don't really talk, you know, I don't think she's even that aware of what's going on in politics. I think she's just, you know, like everybody else, obviously noticing this pandemic and having to deal with all of the ramifications. And I think she just, you know, so I don't want to say she's a, a Trump supporter or even a, a right winger. I don't know what she is, but it's just it's like people who are not even paying attention are just uh, they're getting sick and tired of this. And it's for obvious reasons. I mean, it's hurting the economy, but mm -hmm. um, the economy can come back and lives can't. And so right. I feel like, you know, I, we're, we're stuck between this rock and a hard place because we've got this lunatic who is running the country and making it worse and, you know, what are we supposed to do about that? I mean, we can't shelter in place forever, but at the same time, you know, they're saying there's going to be a resurgence in the fall. So it's like, right. what are we going to do? It's so and, scary. You know, and, and another thing that's so frustrating with what's going on today is you have that entire Republican Party that just let, you know, they're just falling behind yeah. Trump. And, and maybe, you know, Justin Amash is one person that right. said no and, and changed his party, but, but everybody else. And these are people too, that when Trump was running saying, yeah, we're going to get exactly what we deserve. If, if, uh, you know, a schmuck like him gets elected to be our president. Yeah. Lindsey Graham said it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, what do they have on all these people? Why can't they say this guy is wrong? Why can't we talk about the 25th amendment? Because this guy has, so far, he wasn't just tiptoeing over the line. He took a running start yeah. as, as fast as he could go and leaped across that line to right. cross over. And it's, it, I can't believe everybody's letting him get away with it um, from yeah. the, the Republican Party. Well, the only thing that I can think of, I mean, outside of wanting to just hold on to control, which I'm sure is a huge motivator. Um, but, you know, they, they, the Russians hacked RNC when mm -hmm. they hacked the DNC. But we only heard about what they got from the DNC. We didn't hear anything from the RNC. Plus, Trump does his own, um, you know, uh, spying on people and getting blackmail material. So right, right. I don't know what, you know, what he has, what, whether it's Russian, you know, information, whether it's from Trump, whatever. Um, something is, is, you know, I, and again, I do think holding on to power is a huge motivator. And they've got to answer to Mitch McConnell, who is like 
just the devil. <laughs> and yeah. so, I mean, yeah. you know, but it's, and, and, tr- and he won't, he will not relinquish at all. He, you know, he will absolutely not re- relinquish any kind of, pay. there's, that's not even an option for somebody like Mitch McConnell. So yeah, it's just crazy to see this entire party being dragged down by this crazy con man. I mean, it's like before he became president, I mean, my, I remember my thoughts of Donald Trump. I didn't think very hard about him, but what I, you know, I just thought he was a big buffoon. Right. You know? <laughs> and right. it's like, yeah, same, yeah, same. And, and I mean, I think that was part of that, that 2016 election, at least around me and the people that I knew about it, where it was like, they just, there was just a disbelief. There's like, there's no way he's going to win. Yeah. There's just no way. Yeah, exactly. And that was, you know, there wasn't a boatload of enthusiasm and, you know, partially, as you mentioned earlier, because of the vice presidential pick, um, and just, you know, but the Republicans had done so much trashing Hillary for yeah. years and years yeah. and years. And, um, but there just was, you know, that disbelief. They're like, yeah. there's no way this guy's going to be able to win. And then when he did, um, it was, you know, I'm still recovering from it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's why it's so important to get, you know, like that enthusiasm level. People mm-hmm. are like, well, you need to, if you need to get enthused about going against a guy like Trump, then I then know. that's a problem for you. And that's just the, the reality of it. Yeah. That's just people need to feel like they're going to be able to make a difference. They need to know there's something that a, a candidate that that really has their back. And, yeah. and you just you need to get excited about right. it. And that's I mean, I have no problem, um, you know, with the voter that's going to go and, and vote to get rid of Trump. Um, but as far as, you know, you're going to need that, the volunteers, those are the people that are going to knock doors. Those are the ones that are going to work for you for free, Mm -hmm. that they don't do it if they don't really believe you. And that's, that's what you need. That's, that's how the movement continues is by, by getting people excited. And yeah, well, let me ask you this now, Bernie, Bernie supporters want Biden to adopt, you know, Sanders platform. Um, mm-hmm. now how much of that do you think is realistic and what would satisfy you? Um, well, I like, I like where they're, where they're talking now about, um, you know, if, if uh, vice president Biden would lower the age for Medicare to Hillary was okay with 55 mm-hmm. and, and Biden was talking 60. Yeah. I'll go so with I'm 55. Like, yeah. Yeah. If 55, that's, I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have the universal, um, coverage for for all children. Mm, I, I think yeah. that's that's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, and it's not it's not demanding, you know, Medicare for all. Right, and you know, which is something that I I think is is fantastic. Me too. But it's it's so it's it's getting us there. Right, and, exactly. And especially right now during a pandemic, I think healthcare needs to be the number one issue. That, yeah. in addition to to being able to. You know, not have these evictions to be able mm-hmm. to have some kind of income, yeah. Um, as well, but but healthcare, nothing else matters if you're if you're sick and you're going to die. You yeah, can. exactly. That's so that's number one. So, I think that would be a fantastic step um, by the Biden campaign to show that he he wants to, you know, he wants to inc- be inclusive mm-hmm. and and bring people in. Now, does did he? Now I can't remember, so you'll have to. Um, remind me, as far as the universal care for children, has he taken that on? He—that's part of the the issue that they're working on with, okay. with the committee. 
um, to try to get him to adopt. Okay. I, don't, I, I haven't seen um, Vice President Biden say yay or nay okay. on if he's going to adopt that or not. Right. Well, you know, the, I, I look at it this way, too, because, you know, again, I consider myself a progressive and I, and I call myself pragmatic because I realize that, you know, I mean, my first choice this time around was Elizabeth Warren. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't get my first choice. And um, it was upsetting to me on a couple of levels just because, number one, you know, uh, she's a woman and she's she was honest and forthright about like initially she didn't want to answer questions about Medicare for all because she would have to say your taxes are going to go up. And I think she just didn't want the Republicans to chase after her with that. But then, you know, after being pressured, she did. She decided, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change up what I'm my initial idea. And I, and I'm going to work with people who feel that it's not possible and, you know, we'll prolong the thing. It's three years before it would go into effect and this will happen. So she spelled it all out. But then what wound up happening was people didn't trust her. They didn't like her answer and they thought she was flip flopping instead of recognizing that she just listened to people and said, OK, I get it. You're you don't believe this is going to happen. You're fearful about this. I get it. So let's change things up. And I feel like, you know, first of all, there are so many pressing issues. That's another thing I want to talk to you about. But it's like there's so many pressing issues that when you know, I'm going to say when the Democrat wins this race um, in 2020, going into 2021, there's going to be so much repair and there's only going to be so much that's going to be able to be accomplished in that four years. And the president only, you know, yeah, un, you know, unlike Donald Trump believes the president is not a dictator and can't do everything. That's why we really need a strong Congress that's mm-hmm. going to, um, you know, write bills, support bills and all that stuff that the president just can just say, sign off and go, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, there's so many pressing things. And it's like, I definitely would, you know, what you just said is good to me and I'm happy with 55. Um, but I kind of look at Joe Biden as somebody who's going to be, I'm not going to say a bridge to normalcy because I don't think we're going to go back to normal. I think there's, right. we're going to have to create a new normal. But mm-hmm. But he can be a bridge back to an opportunity to get things to a better place because it will not happen if Trump wins. It's over. It's game well, over. Right. And and I'm I've been telling people I was like if Trump wins this may be our last election. I I believe in all sincerity that it will be. Um you know I I don't when I say fair elections like I'll say that's the last fair election and people go well this one's not going to be fair and it's like of course they're going to cheat. Of course there's going to be cheating from so many different directions. But the difference with this election is there's there, like so many people are paying attention and we have the opportunity for a blue flood. And what we need is a blue flood because Trump will likely contest it. It will go to the Supreme Court. So we need such big numbers that even Brett Kavanaugh can't say, you know, OK, Trump won, even though, you know, like the Democrats got 400 electoral colleges, I mean, electoral college votes. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, if Trump does take if he gets reelected, that's it. There is no more. And, you know, I mean, I kind of a dead, you know, beating the dead horse on this. But I lived in Soviet Russia when I was 12 years old because my dad worked for ABC News. And Vladimir Putin comes from that Soviet mind state. And I just like I understand. I think I understand a certain kind of um, I don't know. How can I say this? Like because I lived there and I I experienced what it's like to live in a police state and the coldness and meanness and the feeling of if you step out of line, you'll just like die in a Siberian prison cell. Um, 
that man is, wants to kill our democracy, Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. He wants to mm-hmm. be the superpower, and he will do anything in order to make that happen. And I believe he has all kinds of compromat on Trump. You know, forget the PP tape. Who gives a shit about the PP tape? He's got all kinds of terrible stuff. And so Trump will do whatever Vladimir Putin wants. And, you know, whether it's him or, or any other dictator, he is like enamored of them i think he's afraid of them and he wants to be them and this country will just be over so it's like you know i mean as much as i did not want biden to become the nominee it's like well he is and you know i hope that he takes on some of these more progressive um, policies but in the end there's only going to be so much that's going to be able to pass and get done um and then hopefully because i don't think he's going to run i don't think he's going to be the nominee in 2024 i think his vice president will be the nominee and, I agree. Yeah. And so it's like that person is going, you know, maybe have more of an opportunity to get some of these progressive policies pushed through. So um, and, you know, I, I, I see this. It pains me because as somebody who was a very strong, fierce Bernie supporter in 2016, I supported him for all the reasons that you support him. Um, I wanted all the things that you want. And the reason I supported Elizabeth Warren this time around was um, in part just because I feel like, in my opinion, I, I felt she had a better opportunity to get those things done based on her resume. But like what I see happening, and this is what, what concerns me, it's like I see um, that in our own party, in the Democratic Party, we kind of, we get divided because there's the progressive side and then I don't want to call it the centrist side, but um, I don't know what you would call because not everybody's a centrist, but uh, mm-hmm. there's the other s- part of our party. And like, f- like here's an example. Hillary Clinton, when, when, when Bernie Sanders said he wanted Medicare for all, she said that was pie in the sky. And that bugs me because it's mm-hmm. not pie in the sky. It's just something that's not going to happen overnight. It's something right. that, you know, you need to slowly roll it in. And eventually it can, you know, people will experience it. And if we have the public option, I don't even think it would take 10 years. It would probably take five years, but it's a possibility. It's possible. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that you can't just like blast everything out of the water and like kill everything we have now and then run into Medicare for all because it's just too confusing. It's too big. It's got to be like a, a, a more of an incremental role. But when she said that it was pie in the sky, then her supporters took on this idea like it'll never happen but it can and people want it and then you know so one side pits against the other and then it just becomes this fight where you know where some people in the progressive side are saying well then you don't care about sick people and that's not true and it's this it's this back and forth where both sides are being are not being um fair to each other and that's why i like elizabeth warren i also like you for this reason because what i see from both of you is you can look at the party, you can look at the Democratic Party, you can look at Congress as a whole, and you can say, hey, we have some problems, and we have to address them. So let's, here's a solution. And I think that's the way we go about it. We, we recognize that, you know, there's, there, we're not perfect. But right. compared to the other side, we're the only freaking sane party that's standing, and we can be pushed, and eventually, over time, people can recognize that some of these, you know, some of these ideas that progressive have, you know, the Green New Deal and all this stuff are really good. 
Mm-hmm. But there's just this like infighting, and I I do think that you got your Russian trolls and your GOP trolls pushing the idea that it, it can never be done, and then you know, and 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 screaming at each other, and then voters kind of fall for it. I wish we would just like chill and realize we can be progressive, and it's not a bad word. You know right. that it's it's actually something that everybody benefits from. I mean, everybody likes social security. Everybody likes having paved roads. And a fire department and a police department, you know, it's like and, and flush toilets. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like it, you know, those are all taxpayer tax funded things. You know, it's just democratic socialism. That's pretty much what it is, and um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that we we're not going to go from where we are right now to a democratic social utopia tomorrow. It's just not going right. to happen that way. We, we, you know, as much as we all want it, or some of us want it. Uh, we got to deal with Republicans. We got to mm-hmm. deal with all these people in this country, you know, especially the Democratic Party, which is so big tent. We've got people in this party who are a little bit on the more conservative side. Some people are totally progressive. And we got to all live together in the same house, mm-hmm. you know, like and agree. Right. So, I mean, I just I, I appreciate I just want to say that I appreciate your take on this because you always come across as a voice of reason. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure that you I know you see my tweets and you see that I get pissed off. And sometimes I will be very vocal about it. But my over like overall, what I feel is like, I, honestly, I wish we could all just get along because I think it's like I agree with the progressive side of things. And I agree with what some of the people on the, uh, you know, I don't know if it's centrist, but okay, fine. Let's just, for the sake of it, call them. I I agree with both in many cases. And it's like, let's just get this done. Right. And yeah, especially, especially now with everything going Mm -hmm. on, it's like, we need to find, there are so many reasons why we could argue with somebody that we don't consider in the same, you know, exact political spectrum that we are. But if you look on the completely opposite side, it's so insane. It's, I mean, it's like a death cult. When you have yes. their leader telling people to drink bleach. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a death cult. Yeah. And, and to hear the next day where he changes his mind. I was being sarcastic. But yet, like, the New York Health Department states there were X amount of people that had to be treated for ingesting bleach or people, yeah. people calling the hotline. Yeah. Can I drink this? Is this, well, read the bottle, read the bottle. <laughs> read the no, bottle. but Trump said I could. So, and you know, that's a death cult. That's not it a is. political party. It is. And, and right now during this time with the pan, a global pandemic, yeah. we need to find ways to be able to work together Yeah. because that man needs to go. Yeah. He needs to be, I mean, the worst president that I've, I've ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, ever, 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 ever. And, you know, that and with the, the Russia connection, what, you know, if, if if Vladimir Putin could have a magic wand and just have the United States go crazy yep. and, yeah. and just what would he do? Well, I can I can kind of picture him having people go to big rallies in the middle of, middle of a yeah. pandemic and, and interact with exactly. each other and start talking about let's liberate our states. Yeah. And. You know, talk talk about like civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine right now Vladimir Putin is kicking back, mm-hmm. laughing very loud, and drinking all kinds of vodka <laughs> yeah. with his buddies because yes. just the craziness going on here. Wh- what a show we're putting on for the rest of the world, and it's it's not a good you know a, 
it's it's not good for the United States reputation. It, not it really at all. Is. It's so embarrassing. Uh -huh. I mean, clearly, you know, Putin is putting his hand in lots of elections, and and he's right. he's you know again he wants to be the world superpower, and. You know, no matter what the relationship is with Donald Trump and Putin, I mean, they have these phone conversations and we never get to hear what they talk about. And I don't know how Putin works. You know, does he, I don't know if, oh God, what was that movie? I think it was W. And um, it was about George W. Bush. And um, so there was a scene where Dick Cheney is talking to Bush. They're having lunch. And Cheney basically puts the idea into Bush's head about whatever it is he wants. And then Bush thinks it's his idea. And then Cheney goes, great idea. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I like, I wonder, does, you know, obviously Trump is such a freaking idiot and more as Rex Tillerson called him fucking moron. Um, <laughs> you know, I think he is easy to manipulate. And obviously he really likes Putin. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's clear that Putin has shit on him and has probably held that over his head. But beyond that, I think he, you know, he loves the dictators and, and he wants to be one. And so, you know, and he, like, how does Putin work? Does Putin call him up and say, you should say this or wouldn't it be great if this happened or whatever? You know, like, but it doesn't really matter because I think that whatever it is that Putin would like for Trump to do somehow gets back to Trump. And then, you know, Trump thinks it's his idea or something, and then he just does it. And it's not right. to say that I think Putin runs Trump. Like, I don't think everything Trump does is about Putin. But I think, a, I think he's very, very, um, let's, I, I, I think Putin has a very strong hold on him. But then, mm -hmm. but, but he, but Putin also knows that Trump is a fucking moron. Just let him go do whatever, and he's going to screw everything up. So it's like you said, yeah. he just like sits back drinks his vodka and smiles and go look at the look at the American moron, you know, doing my job for me. Mm -hmm. And it's really scary mm -hmm. because, I mean, it's like, you know, that that comedian um, whose name is this John Mulaney, you know, did I don't know if you saw, but it's really funny. He did a, a, a bit saying that, like, basically Trump is like a horse loose in the hospital. And the whole bit is so worth watching. It's very funny, even though it's so true. And I it's, haven't seen it. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, John Mulaney. Oh, my God. It's freaking fantastic. It's on YouTube. Um, but that's what he is. And, and it's just, it's, I, you know, and again, because I lived in Russia and I had the opportunity to understand what Soviet life was like, um, you know, and I don't think we're going to have, a, you know, if, if Putin were to win and Trump were to get reelected, it's not that I think we would become a Soviet-style country. It's just that I think we would become a modern day oligarchy, Russia, like Russia style. Mm -hmm. So right, I think that's what right. we would face. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But, you know, and, and talking about the influence that Putin has, it was like, look at our country needing, um, needing ventilators. And, yeah. you know, was it just like a week or so ago? Yes. Trump, after having a phone call with them, he said, yeah, we're helping them out. We're sending stuff to them. You know, we can't, we can't get stuff from the federal government to our states, know. you know, and Trump has said it's on the states to do that, whether right. and it's, you know, bidding against each other, like going on eBay and or trying to outbid yeah. for the same thing when it's it's material um, that could like if it was all sent to if the government w would the federal government would buy it, send it to New York, right. send it to like where the hotspots are. So yeah. each state doesn't have to keep buying the same machine mm -hmm. back from the other one. Um, but here, so here he comes after a phone call talking with Putin. We're going to help them out. We're sending them ventilators. Yeah. And it's just like, did I really just hear yeah, that? Did, did I know. he just admit to 
sending materials that we need to Russia after, yeah. you know, after saying when we had 15 cases, this is going to, it's going to magically disappear. When it yeah. gets warmer out, it's going to be better. It's going to be gone. And a hoax, calling right. it a hoax. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I can't picture any country being in a worse place because of their elected leadership, yeah. you know, and that's, a, that's another thing too. The majority of people didn't vote for him, mm-hmm. um, but, but it was a system that put mm-hmm. him in place. Yeah. And that just, you know, that just makes everything so much more aggravating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'd like to see the system change. I mean, I'd love to see um, the electoral college isn't working for us. Right. And, you know, I mean, it was argued, people argued f- for it for a long time and while people were arguing against it. And then we saw in 2016, oh, wait a minute. And then, um, you know, I'd love to see campaign finance um, change. Yes. I, I definitely want to see that change. Um, I we mean, that will to. be hard. We have yeah. to. Our, I mean, our democracy depends on that. We won't be able to keep our democracy if we don't do something about campaign finance reform. Yeah, definitely. We have to do it because it's like... I mean, it w- it will be a it will be difficult to overturn Citizens United and all that, but I mean, we have to because there right. can't be you know there's 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 senators and and representatives who have to spend their days in offices outside of wherever their main office is because they can't fundraise there and they have to go to another <laughs> office and sit there and fundraise and it, and it's like it's not even necessarily their fault. It's a system that has you know it, it evolved over time. And they're just, you know, they're doing what they have to to win instead of doing, you know, legislating and working for the people. And so it's like I'd rather not spend my time attacking the Democrats who are doing that because they have to. They have to have money. It's like you can't win unless you have money. But, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then, you know, it's it's just like this whole big clusterfuck. And it's like we just has to change if we just take the you know, I don't exactly know how to do it. I know in some countries, certain candidates get, you know, X amount of dollars, period. And you do what you do with it. Um, I'd be happy with that. If everybody just got the same amount, you couldn't take, you know, uh, you couldn't take the contributions or whatever. I mean, it would have to be figured out in some fair way. But Mm -hmm. the way that it's working now is not fair because corporations are not people. And it's just it's not working so we need to change that <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely and that's you know and i i got a taste of that too running for congress calling people begging them for money yeah and just i, I mean for me because i for me before running for office for it was like 50 if i donate 50 dollars to a candidate that's somebody i really love because yeah. i can't i couldn't afford to yeah so what i would do instead of that like is in Wisconsin during like the recalls, just everything politically um, that took place was I was the one that would get people. Let's go knock doors. Let's go do yeah. this. I don't I don't have the money to help them win that way. Let's let's put in some sweat. Let's yeah. knock on doors. Let's bang on doors and talk to people and um, do what we can to to get people fired up. Yeah. So and so then running for for office and and calling people, calling strangers that. You know, they, they're used to this. And yeah. I, I remember getting a list of, of people to call and um, like labor, labor friendly people. Mm-hmm. And, and I just felt really uncomfortable calling yeah. and and asking for a contribution. And um, I, I remember that the like the people that were doing finance with me, they were like, Randy, they could tell after a while. They're like, we know 
this isn't easy for you. Mm-hmm. But trust me, they're used to getting these yes. calls. Yeah. They're used to people asking them for contributions. Yeah. And I still never, yeah. I never got comfortable doing that. Well, you know, I, I, just, I, I totally understand. I ask for uh, people to become patrons of this show. Wink, 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 nudge, nudge. Um, but it's never, <laughs> it's never easy to ask, hey, please, can you give me money? I mean, even if you have right. something to offer them, um, you know, I'm doing this, you know, patrons only show for you or whatever it is. It's hard to promote yourself. It's hard to mm-hmm. ask for money. It's easy for me to promote other people. It's easy for me to say, hey, Same. volunteer for this, you know, give, donate here or whatever. But for when, it, when it's yourself, mm, it feels weird and awkward. It's just yeah. weird. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's the feeling. You have it. You described it perfectly. <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this. Um, Trump is clearly unraveling and... There's all this concern and talk about the fact that he might try to cancel elections. Now, I've had uh, a couple people on the show who say it's never going to happen. Other people on the show say, yeah, totally count on the fact that he's going to at least make the effort and he could possibly succeed. Um, so wh- wh- what do you think? I think he's going to he's going to try to delay it mm-hmm. um, as long as he can. Well, COVID's going to, you know, they're saying that they're going to have another, you know, in the fall, that there's going to be a spike in the um, COVID, you know, numbers, and Mm -hmm. that he might use that as something. And then, of course, Mitch McConnell doesn't even want to vote on doing that, you know, vote by mail thing. So So it's like they're trying to make a situation where, oh, look, there's all these people that have, you know, or the spike in COVID, we can't go out and vote. Oh, we can't do it by mail either. So we have to postpone. Yeah, and I'm I'm also expecting right just before election time, I'm also expecting a massive caravan coming from Central America, all infected with COVID, to be making their way up to the U.S. border, just because so, there's always seems to be a caravan coming. Right, exactly. Right <laughs> Those caravans divert all of our resources <laughs> to the border to yeah. protect us. Yeah, the endless and then caravans. And it all magically disappears right after the election. Right. So, yeah, and no one talks about but, it at all. I, so I see him compl- making up, I don't know, a, a, something to do with Space Force could be used, too. <laughs> we've just made contact, and we yeah, found right. out that aliens are, are responsible for COVID. So we, right. need to, we need to keep, I need to stay in, in place until we get our Space Force you know, deployed. <laughs> I, just nothing, nothing would surprise me in the year 2020 with Donald Trump as president. Yeah. Nothing. No, me neither. No, not at all. And then, so now he's not doing press rallies um, because he told people to drink bleach, and I guess that backfired on he's, him. Yeah, and he's afraid of his own shadow now <laughs> yeah. when, it, when it comes to that. Um, do you think? Okay, let me ask you about these press pressers. Do you do you think they should be aired, or do you think like okay, obviously they would always be aired on um, C-SPAN, but do you think like the cable networks should air them? Not at all. Yeah. I, you know, and if they do, it needs to be cut immediately as soon as it goes into. Like I call them press rallies, yeah. Because exactly, you can't, yeah. you know, you can't travel around the country and and lie to people that way. So this was like, and he, you know, he he was on Twitter and and always announcing it, trying to get as big of a crowd as he could. Yeah. Um. There's no way these are are politically motivated, um, with no no factual mm-hmm. truth to them. And you know, if anything, let's you know, uh, record them. And if you want to play them on your show, do it at like 5 a.m. in the morning <laughs> so that you can say you did it. But, I mean, to make people – and for every every channel to 
to run it too and, yeah. and just it's not it, it, it's the way that he gets antagonistic too with the reporters yeah. and yeah. the things he says to them are you're third rate you're never going to make it right. and you know well that's a horrible question and just treating people like garbage mm-hmm. it's i no they they should not be broadcast live and you know if you want to see it go go check it out on c-span right um but no, I and and I I turn it off. I mm-hmm. me too. Got to the point where it's like you can only see so many trains wreck, <laughs> yeah. and you know it's like it's going to be you're going to hear this noise again, and then yeah. that's right before the crashing, and then the smoke. So you know how it's going to end eventually. Um, but no, they should not be broadcast, and and people shouldn't be subjected to it. They're they're presidential rallies. That's yeah. what they are. That's yeah, they are. I mean, and I I think it. I think what they should do too is if they're going to air any of it, not just, not just have the camp, you know, like you said, let it air on C-SPAN. And then I think like say CNN or MSNBC or any of these cable network shows that are not Fox could just point out what the, what, you know, focus on whatever medical experts are there and what advice they're giving. And then also, you know, if Trump says something stupid, like, you know, maybe ingest disinfectant, point out that he was completely you know wrong and nobody should ever consider doing this and you know because unfortunately i mean like you had mentioned that there were calls that i know that the governor of maryland larry hogan who is a, a republican but uh he's sane um had said that there was a spike in people who called and asked can i you know and just freaking I mean, who thinks they can just lysol People, Mm -hmm. how can they fall for this? You know, Mm -hmm. I I have a relative who is a Trump supporter. And I, you know, I mean, it was funny because one time we were on the phone and, you know, she she loves me and I love her. She's my my relative. And um, she knows that I'm liberal. And she read one of my books, which was, was called American Woman, The Pole Dance Woman in Voting. And so... You know, I was pretty liberal in that and talked about abortion and all this stuff. And I even told her because she's always like my mom's a writer and she always reads my mom's books. And then, you know, so she said she wanted to read mine. And I said, look, my book is really liberal. It's really liberal. And I don't think you're going to like it. And, you know, I don't want you to feel like you need to read it. And I'll totally understand. And she did. She read it and she was complimentary. I know she didn't agree with everything, but she was complimentary. Um, and then sometime later we were talking and I was, I can't remember why I brought it up. I mean, I wasn't telling her I was a liberal because I didn't think she knew, but I mentioned, you know, oh, because I'm liberal, blah, 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 blah. And she said to me, well, I'm a conservative. And I thought, then why do you like Trump? <laughs> but because I mean, there are some conservatives, like for instance, Joe Walsh. Um, I think, you know, he's still conservative. Um, but out of all the never Trumpers, I appreciate him the most because he leaves Democrats alone and he's willing, he was willing to vote for anybody. You know, he was like, if it's Bernie, I'll vote for him. If it's Biden, I'll vote for him. If it's Warren, I'll vote for her. And he didn't say that in the beginning when he was going to run against Trump. He could not commit to voting to Elizabeth Warren when he was on um, Nicole Wallace's show. She kept pushing him on that. And she's like, look, you're going to be a hypocrite. It's not, you, you know, if, or not a hypocrite. I can't remember the word she used, but she used it over and over again. And she's disingenuous or something like that. And um, eventually he came to it where he's like, yes, I will vote for whoever it is. Um, and he, he, he's praised Obama. He's praised Nancy Pelosi. And um, so that he is a conservative. He has conservative ideals and beliefs. And he has never left that, but he looks at his own party and he's like, they're all crazy. 
He's like, mm-hmm. they just all went crazy. And, you know, I look at my, my relative who likes Trump, and I feel like if I were going to ask her, do you think it's okay to ingest... Well, you know, interestingly, though, before he said, the night that he said it, um, I was talking to my boyfriend. His name is Bob Sask. I don't know if you know him on Twitter, but he writes for Salon and has his own podcast. But anyway, mm-hmm. he, you know, he had said something like, you know, yes, there are going to be people who ingest disinfectants. And, and I said, well, I mean, I take a look at my family member who supports Trump, and I can only imagine that she would say, oh, he was just fucking with the media. You know, he, he's just messing with the, with the lamestream media. And then, of course, he does come on and say he was just being sarcastic. So it's like basically he said it before anybody in his base had the opportunity to. But I knew that that would be the argument. I knew that that's what they were going to say. And I, I, I know that there are people out there who will consider ingesting disinfectant. But it's like I couldn't even imagine my aunt thinking that was okay. You know what I mean? Like, is she, gonna, is she going to say, oh, sure, I'll drink some Lysol if I get sick. Of course she's not going to do it. But it's just, it's just crazy to me that people, A, would, and B, they would defend him. And it's like, I, I just put on Twitter before we talked that I think that pretty much everyone knows now. Everyone knows he's a lunatic. But MAGAs just don't care. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to, uh, I mean, we, we had the same, although Scott Walker isn't as crazy as Donald right. Trump, but the same. Destructive. Like, that tea party, yes. yeah, that destruction, that we're talking to people when I talk to them one-on-one and, like, not in a group, not, in, you know, in, in a group mindset, but when I can draw them away and just have a one-on-one conversation, yeah. a calm conversation, and people just seem so normal yeah. that it's, like, it comes down to it's easier to fool somebody than it is to convince them they've been fooled is, is wow. basically what it comes down to. That's and so true. Um, that's, it's just scary when it, it gets to the point that it's so drastic that people are willing to drink bleach because they believe so much in this man that yeah. is, you know, supposedly there and, and they believe that he's looking out for their, yeah. their best interests. And he most definitely is not, no. he, he doesn't care. I mean, and if you watch these press rallies, he's never genuinely expressed remorse for one no, American dying. not one. Not one. And uh, I mean, anybody that can, that just has any kind of empathy, I mean, a leader, that, that should be one of the biggest yeah. things that they have. Right, exactly. Is empathy and, and care and concern for other people, and which is something that, that I could sense from every single one of the candidates that yeah. ran as a Democrat, yeah. you know, and, and, and basically even other, other Republicans mm-hmm. in the past, um, that just, you know, when something happened to the country, you yeah. could tell that they were affected. They were right. personally affected. But Donald Trump is the kind of guy that is expecting to go, you know, who called the White House a dump. Yes. Because he's used to living in a place that, where everything's gold-plated, including his toilet. Um, <laughs> he has that safe spot yeah. to go to after he leaves the White House. So it's not – he doesn't have to care about us. He's, yeah. he's not doing this for any of us. Right. This is all a head game for him. And to inflate his ego, yeah. um, and that's it's a very a very sad place to be, and, yeah. and a very the worst time. It couldn't be happening at a worse time. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk to you about, ask you about, is you you had mentioned, you know, talking maybe one on one to someone, and there's a difference between talking one on one and you know like the masses. W- one thing Bernie was really or is really good at 
is like, for instance, you know, he went into West Virginia and was talking to people about Medicare for all and got them, you know, saying, yeah, let's have Medicare for all. Mm. And he he knows how to and he was talking to Trump supporters. And so that's kind of what I want to talk to you about a little bit or ask you about. It's like, have you had the opportunity to get in front of a group of Republicans and appeal to them? Because, I mean, you know, they, Bernie is a populist, Trump is a populist, but their messages are so very different. They come from such a different headspace. And, um, but, but Bernie can appeal to some of these Trump supporters to get them to go, yeah, like to get them to vote in their best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so like, have you, ha- what was your experience or what has been your experience when have you had the opportunity to just sit in a room with Republicans and talk to them and what, you know, what have you experienced? Um, I, I have had some experience talking with Republicans with like business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, when we talk about like actual things, I mean, one of the things that I, that I bring up and I got this idea from Tom Hartman when talking about Donald Trump is like, can you name something that he's done that has benefited the majority of Americans? Mm-hmm. And just waiting for the answer <laughs> to come out, you know, it's like, that's, that's it. That's why I vote for, for anybody. It was mm-hmm. like, if they're going to do something, you know, if they win, are they going to help everybody? Mm-hmm. Or are they just going to help the party that got them elected? Yeah. And looking at it from from that viewpoint, and you know, it was like, also too with being a business owner, it was like, I understand that they have you know business owners put all their money into a business, and that's their they take a lot of incredible risks. Yeah. Um, and some take good care of their workers, others not so much, and just discussing how how that looks like how are you know your workers are gonna are they're the ones that are gonna make money for you mm-hmm. and they need to be taken care of do yeah. you want like sick workers coming in and if you make food then that's gonna get spread out to to your customer base mm-hmm. um it, but it's not so it's not i mean and they're like i've always avoided the the issues that can be easily tied in with religion uh, because you're not going to yeah, win right. talking about those. You just <laughs> right, won't. Yeah. And I mean, when it, when it did come up, my discussion because of, uh, you know, abortion and, yeah. and um, that was, uh, that was always an issue and something right. that the Republicans would try to like throw in your face yeah. at a state fair or a county fair. And I was like, look, as far as I'm concerned, you know, thankfully being a guy, <laughs> I'm not going to have to worry about that choice. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, if I was a woman, I can't imagine. Yeah what you're going to have to go through because i mean my mom had me when she was 17 mm-hmm. had to drop out of high school and with catholic parents it was hmm. like almost she was almost encouraged to go because good girls don't do that yeah uh, you know a bag of them right um but i'm like look i i can't imagine being a woman and have to having to go through that choice um but I, one thing i will tell you is i don't want the government yes. telling advi- telling the doctor, I don't want the, you know, she's going to be talking with the doctor. Mm-hmm. The woman's going to talk with the doctor. I don't want somebody from the government telling the <laughs> yeah. doctor what he can and can't do. Right. And that's, I mean, so when it comes to that, um, as far as, you know, religion, I get where you're coming from, but do you right. want the government exactly dictating that? Yeah. And so for the people that are, are all about, you know, freedom and liberty, um, 
that's an argument that it it can go someplace at times, but then but not when they they're like if it's purely a religious subject for them, mm-hmm. that's like okay, let's let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. Um but but I do find too another thing that I've learned is somebody that people that have been really hostile in an online environment, whether mm-hmm. Twitter or mm-hmm. Facebook, um once you can you get to talk to them face to face. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, let's let's go meet someplace. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. That it, you know, it was like you you make an effort that it's like, look, I want to get along with you. I want to understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And if you just talk about that, you're able to have, you know, conversations. I have I have friends that are Republicans that can't stand Trump, mm-hmm. um, that would never vote for him, but they still have their conservative values. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and I respect yeah. them for their ability to, to stand up for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're never going to agree when it comes to, you know, they think that workers shouldn't pay. People that work in McDonald's should make 15 bucks right. an hour. And that's the way that they were they were brought up. Right. That's their life experience. Um, mine is a very different one that comes from, you know, have, understanding what it's like to to have trouble keeping up on your bills mm-hmm. and you get laid off in the middle of winter time there are no construction jobs starting with yeah. a couple of feet of snow on the ground they're not right. digging ground because it's frozen mm-hmm. for a new job so being able to again just empathize with people that are in yeah. bad places and want want things want their life to be better because it's it's never been just about me i'd be happy um you know just having a 40 hour a week job going and doing that coming home spending time with my family but with everything going on i just i can't you know and and while i was working construction and um being able to to like change the world Mm -hmm. by building a new building a part of our community and still just looking around and seeing everything all around me up in flames Mm -hmm. it's it's like there's there's got to be more there's got to be more to just doing that and i mean that's that's pretty much why i decided to get as involved as i have and what when did you decide to run um oh gosh it was may it was a mayday parade that we had before so may of 2017 okay now do you and, think if hillary clinton had won you would have been interested in running um, if, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's still problems. Well, there's time, all kinds me, of problems. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think I did. I mean, it was just because, um, in the, in the first district here, Paul Ryan had been here for 20 years right. and it had just gotten worse and worse and worse. Um, and nobody had done more to go after social security and Medicare. Yeah than he did and just seeing candidates that weren't getting any traction mm-hmm. um and I, I wanted him gone so bad because he was so horrible yeah um and i mean like the photo op opportunities where he would force his way into a, a soup kitchen right to watch, right get pictures of taking of washing clean dishes mm-hmm. just so it looked like he was looking out for other people mm-hmm. but i mean there's so many stories mm-hmm. especially living in his district um, just, just a horrible person. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it got to the point where a lot of people were, you know, it was like, Randy, 
you could take him out. We think you could take him out. Yeah. And, um, but uh, it, there was more emphasis because Trump did win. Right. And right after he did, I was getting phone calls <laughs> from a immigrant rights group wow. that they're like, Randy, we're having emergency meetings um, because we don't know what this yeah. guy's going to do. He, he already talked about, you know, they're not sending their best. They're right. sending rapists and murderers. Right. Wow. Um, and, and having Latino ancestry myself, I took it very personal. Yeah. So I would go to these meetings and I would see high school girls get up on stage and with tears in their eyes. And it's yeah. like, I'm undocumented, but I'm unafraid. Yeah. And, um, you know, hearing their stories, they didn't know if they're going to finish a day of, of class. Wow. If ICE was going to be able to come mm -hmm. in or even that, if they survive, if they made the day at school, by the time they got home, it, their undocumented dad was going to be there right. waiting for them. Yeah. And it, so, I mean, just terrifying. Mm -hmm. And so it was a May Day parade when um, State Senator Chris Larson was finally, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. He came, he was like, are you at the, are you at the march? I was like, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> so we met and all these people that were in these emergency meetings, there were thousands huh. marching in downtown Milwaukee. Um, and he asked, he was like, you know, I think you should run. I think you you could you could chase Paul Ryan away, and <laughs> we can't think of anybody else um, that that would be able to. So, you know, when he mentioned that, I, I looked around and I remember seeing faces of people that were up on stage and in tears. Huh. Um, but at this march, that look, they everybody just had this determined look on their face. Yeah. It was like we're here, and and they knew with our numbers as big as they were. Nobody's going to, if ICE is there, they're not going to come and snatch somebody away from us. Yeah. That wasn't going to happen. Right. But it was only because we were united. We were marching together. We're at the same time, the same place. And, and for the same reason for people's rights. Um, so when he asked me then, um, and I, you know, I looked around and I saw everybody's face. I was like, damn it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Well, I hope you do it. I hope you run again. I, I, I was I was definitely behind you and I was happy to we were in I was put in a DM group for your campaign to boost your campaign. Yes, and I, um, I appreciate that. Well, and I mean, we appreciated you. You know, it's like, thank thank you for running. And I, I hope you choose to run again because I think you're a really good guy. And I mean, you are sincere. Um, it comes through. And I appreciate what you're doing now. It's also important. And um, when is when is the uh, Iron Pack going to relaunch? We're it's kind of on hold right now. We're right. just waiting to do a little shuffling with our board, um, and we have some some uh, help from a couple members of Congress too. So oh, it's, cool. And and I know they're busy right now. Um, so it's I mean near future we had hoped to do it already. Right. Um, but as as soon as we can, as soon as we get a couple of names to the board, and we're ready to we're ready to move ahead. Awesome. Well, that'll be cool. Let me know because I'll I'll help you promote it. I I appreciate that, and I definitely will. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. Um, I enjoyed talking to you, and again, I just I just want to thank you for just being so kind to me and reaching out. It really meant a lot. And oh, I, it's like sincere. <laughs> thank you. I you know Kimberly, I really appreciate everything you do, and it was just yeah, absolutely. I love talking. <laughs> well, and you can find Randy on, um, and you probably already know this, but you can find him on Twitter at Ironstash. <laughs> I love that name. So uh, thank you for being here today, and hopefully one day you'll come back. 
I'd love to. Would love to, Kimberly. Thank you. It was a, a pleasure talking to you, and let's keep swinging. Okay, let's do it. Yay! I'm so glad I got the opportunity to talk to him, and I, you know, I mean, as I said twice or however many times, um, the fact that he reached out to me and, you know, said if you need somebody to talk to, that was just really sweet, and I appreciate that, and I, you know, I consider myself a progressive person, and so I, you know, I, I enjoy watching him on Twitter because he has such a way. He's one of these, he's one of these people who are um, literally you know, fighting for the people. And, and I wish, I so wish that there wasn't this divide in our own party because I think we all want the same things. It's just a matter of, I mean, you could say the same thing about some Republicans. I mean, I think we all want the same thing in that we want to live in, live a nice life and, you know, send our children to good schools and get good education and, you know, to be, have good, easy, accessible, affordable healthcare, um, all of that. I think we all want that. But when it comes to the democratic side of things, you know, our own party is just at this point, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to determine what's really going on because Twitter is where I live and, Twitter is not representative of the country. If I'm going to go with what, what we're seeing in the country, people are showing up at elections. Um, sh- they showed up in every election since Trump was installed, and they have voted for Democrats. So I'm really hopeful there. I'm not taking anything for granted, but I'm hopeful. And, you know, I think people like Randy are, are important and vital because he's you know, there, there, there's a certain faction of, of the Bernie supporters who are angry and they just want to attack the Democrats. And then there's like, in my opinion, I look at Randy Bryce, he's like, hey, look, there's issues that we have to address. But let's just, you know, just like with Elizabeth Warren, here are some solutions. Here's ways we can improve government. Even AOC, and I don't know what everybody thinks about her, but she impresses me because I think that she, you know, and it took me a while it's not that she didn't, she always impressed me, but I wasn't sure how she was going to behave. I didn't know if she would be disruptive. I didn't know. I just wasn't sure. And she, you know, of course I didn't, I haven't always agreed with her, but for the most part I do. And I'm very impressed with her, but it's like now that I've, I've seen her work and I, I see her like the other night she was on Rachel Maddow and she was fantastic because she just, and I did talk about this on, 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 on another show, but she was just talking about the issues with government and saying, look, you know, this, the, the, the government is going to go into another hiatus until May whatever, and that'll be the second month that rent has been due. And there's really nothing for the people, and that's unacceptable. And I'm totally right there with her. I'm right there with her. There are, you know, we need, government <laughs> is elected and paid for by the people. So the government needs to take care of the people. And if they're not doing that, I think it's entirely reasonable for whether it's members of government or people outside of government to say, hey, you got to step it up. So anyway, um, I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to talk to him. Hopefully the Iron Pack will get relaunched very soon. Definitely I'm going to invite him back because I like talking to him. He's such a good guy. And I love his Wisconsin accent. It's fun to listen to him. Um, All righty. So you can find him once again on Twitter at Ironstash. That's I-R-O-N-S-T-S-T-A-C-H-E, Ironstash. And of course, I am author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Also, um, you can get my books. 
if you really want to. <laughs> you can get my book on abortion called Peyton's Choice. That's That was written for uh, young adults, but I don't know. Middle-aged men have enjoyed reading it. I can't say every middle-aged man would enjoy, but, you know, there are some. And you could read American Woman, The Virgin Diaries. The, all my books are there. So you just go to Amazon, Kimberly A. Johnson. And that's going to be it. And hopefully on Wednesday, I'm going to be talking with um, Feminist Next Door. Hopefully her her schedule will provide. And I believe, Ste- uh, you know what? I'm not sure when Steph's going to be here. I know I got a text from her while I was talking to Iron Stash. So um, let's see. Let's see. I don't know. I can't see it. Anyway, um, tomorrow. I think we're going to do it tomorrow. So we will see you tomorrow with Stephanie, patrons only. Be there or be square. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay home. Stay safe.